Hello and welcome to Sifting Through the Shit. I'm your host, KT. Today's date, June 24th, 2021. Just got back from the land of fruits and nuts. Oh, American Airlines, you have so much work to do. Wow. The flight out, which was seven hours flight time, took 17 hours. The flight back, same seven hour flight time, took 20 hours. Absolutely crazy. So, anyhow, let's start off with, it's just listening to Mr. Nino Rodriguez. And funny thing is, I didn't hear anything about this until today, or actually last night, I should say, X-22 report started breaking it. Did you know that the Arizona State Senate is about to go on hiatus until January of 2022? What the hell? Seriously? These guys just take half the year off and say, ah, well, you know, nothing going on here. Now, Mr. Rodriguez was just saying that there is a senator in the state of Arizona who is reassuring the people of Arizona that the audit will be addressed before they leave. <coughs> Which is funny because now I'm hearing that they're not going to have the results of the audit until August. Wow. You see what's going on here, folks? From every angle, we are being fought against, lied to, and cheated. I'm, quite frankly, surprised we got any audits at all. But, for those of you who have been saying, I don't understand if the White Hats are in control, if Trump really won, just release the information, let's move on. You're not grasping the overall scope and size of this thing. This is going to change the entire world. And I'm not being dramatic. This is not hyperbole. I'm serious. This is going to change the world. Our government has been involved with election frauds throughout the entire world for decades. And when our system comes tumbling down, how long do you think it's going to be before these other countries start going, hey, 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 wait a minute. We're using the same shit you provided to us. So how secure and honest and trustworthy are our elections? Not to mention, this is going to We are going to see a scrapping, basically, of our entire governmental system. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean the system. The Constitution works. It's obvious it works because it's working for us right now. If it was not for the Constitution, we would not have the grounds in which to contest these things as much as we are. The problem is... All these laws and rules and executive orders 
and other nonsense departments, EPA, F FDA, all these unconstitutional, unelected, bureaucratic red tape bullshit that they've been putting in our way since probably July 5th, 1776, needs to be, the slate needs to be wiped clean, starting with the Constitution again. Every law, every rule, everything, with the exception of constitutional amendments, needs to be wiped clean. And why do I say constitutional amendments? Because our forefathers put forth a way to change, to advance, to grow, to progress our Constitution through constitutional amendments. But they made sure that this system was very, very difficult, very high hurdles to jump. Because they didn't want people just going in there and doing things all willy-nilly, spur of the moment, you know, please the masses. Because just because everybody wants it doesn't necessarily mean it's good for everybody. Now, that being said... Starting all over is going to be a huge challenge, and it is also going to leave us extremely vulnerable. But the way this has to work is control of our government needs to be put into the hands of the military. Because if the military is in charge, that will give fear to any foreign agency that has plans on invading or taking over while we are going through this I don't even know what you want to call it, reconciliation process because it's not going to be an overnight thing there are going to be new elections held at every level Imagine your EPA, your um, FDA, your FEMA, FBI, CIA, all of, all of these agencies all at once given pink slips and said, go home. You're done here. Oh, and by the way, there's no retirement package. There's no severance pay. Here's the number to call for unemployment benefits. That's what needs to happen. And I think that may be what's coming up the pipe. And that's why this is taking so long. Because when this goes down, we the people have to be standing ovation, applauding all of this nonsense bullshit being wiped from our lives so that we may work and prosper so that we can start a an LED lighting business that can fairly compete with big manufacturers and not have to jump a bunch of bullshit loopholes 
that they put in the way. A prime example. When I owned my LED lighting manufacturing company, I started off as simply purchasing products from a guy who was an importer. I'd mark the products up and sold them for a profit. I then took on a business partner who was dabbling in LED and had made China contacts. I then became an importer. As I learned the LED market, not just the market, but the manufacturing and how, how the lights worked, I decided to develop my own products. These products utilized components manufactured by LED manufacturing companies. The chips I bought were made from a company called Bridgelux. I refused to buy Cree chips because Cree was a LED chip supplier, but they also manufactured their own products. I don't know why anybody would do business with somebody who's going to be their competitor. Because do you really think you're going to get the best product that that company produces? Or are they going to keep it for themselves? Now, my last product I made was the RT125, Retrofit 125. It used about 120 to 125 um, watts of power. And it produced, I want to say it was about 115 lumens per watt. So whatever 115 is times 125, that was my light output. Now once you've manufactured these, they have to go through several tests. It has to go through a light output test so that they can determine how much light output is there for an LED light. And that, the rest of that is not necessary for explanation in this particular podcast. But another thing that they do <clears throat> is they determine the length, the life of the light. And they do this by heat because heat is the enemy of electronics. Heat deteriorates the components in the electronics and the, thus shortens the life. Now, the process that they had <clears throat> is these lights would go into a room that was thermatically controlled. I want to say it was 75 degrees Fahrenheit. And they would go in there for 48 hours. They would determine light loss from the time from the initial report to what the report was after it sat running for 24 hours. I don't know how they do this, but they had some sort of formulated calculation that would say your light at this temperature, you know, running 24 hours a day is going to last 50,000 hours is pretty much the common thing. Now, 50,000 hours is a hell of a long time. And I can't remember for the life of me off the top of my head how many years that is. But I want to say it's between three and five years. So, my, and oh, and the maximum that they could go out was 150,000 hours. That was it. They couldn't, they couldn't, um, they couldn't with any sort of certainty 
determined beyond the 150,000 hour mark. So my products were putting out 115 lumens per watt and they maxed out at the 150,000 hour mark. Now the reason they maxed out at that mark was because my components were compact because they were going into an existing lighting fixture. All my competitors had their own fixture. Their heat was dissipated into the atmosphere via an aluminum um, heat sink. My system incorporated a copper heat sink, which dissipates heat 80% more effectively than aluminum, and it was contained inside a metal box. So it was very difficult for me to get the heat away from my components. So I put processor fans on the back. I really only needed one, but I put four back there as a redundancy. So, those processor fans are still also drawing power, but that is um, equated into the 115 lumens per watt. So, 150,000 maxed out hours at 115 lumens per watt, I had the best product out on the market as far as what the important numbers are. Efficacy and longevity. Oh, and what you're replacing. That light could replace a 400 watt metal halide light and put out more light than that original bulb did. And that 400 watts, you have to multiply that by 1.15 because there's a 15% um, energy draw in there for the, um, the ballast. So, across the board, all of my numbers was the best on the market. But Cree ended up winning an award that year for having a light that put out 115 lumens per watt and excess of 100,000 hours of life. Now, why did they get that award and not me? I had 150 plus hours of life. Because they had the finances and the resources to fill out the paperwork and apply for the award. Instead of the award searching the market and going through the laboratories that were actually doing the testing and seeing what truly was the best product out on the market. So, I'm building my product with components that are manufactured by other companies. My drivers were made by a company called Meanwell. When I initially started making products, I was using just any old Chinese driver, and I found the, um, the quality to be just very low power. So I went to Meanwell, which is the top, not the top name in LED drivers. I dare you to find another driver that is more well-known and performs better. This driver was UL listed. My fans were UL listed. My wires were UL listed. My LED chips were UL listed. <clears throat> However, in 2015, the powers that be that make the state mandated energy company rebate programs decided all of a sudden that you had to have a UL listing 
for the product as a whole. So regardless of the fact that all my components were UL listed, once I put those components together, they said that that UL listing was null and void and I had to UL list my assembly. Now, what is the, important with, the importance with UL listing and LED lights? The importance is safety. Why is there a UL listing for electronics? Because the thought process, it's kind of like Energy Star. You know, you, you, you want a third party, and I say that in quotes, um, regulated system so that the public can feel safe and warm and fuzzy about what's going on. The UL listing becomes relevant when you apply 120 volts to your system. UL listing is relevant for, I think it's 85 volts or higher. So the drivers that I used, you had two drivers, you had A class and B class. A class was 120 volts up to, I wanna say they could cover up to 277 volts, if memory serves correct. It's been six years since I've done this. And then B class covered um, 420, 440, 480 volts. <coughs> now, once that energy enters the driver, the driver converts that to DC low voltage because your LED lights are DC voltage inherently. LED cannot operate on alternating current. It's got to be direct current because what happens is when that energy crosses over that um, electrode, it illuminates. So, the diode, I mean, not the electrode. So, the voltage that my LED chips was running was around 32 volts. So, in my mind, everything from that driver beyond is low voltage. My fans were 36 volts. They were only drawing 32 because that's what the driver was tuned to give. So they weren't even running at full capacity, which means they would last even longer than what they were rated for. But everything beyond the driver was low voltage. The driver also had a relay system in it. So if you took the positive wire and the negative wire of the driver and connected them together, you'd get a quick spark and then the driver goes dead until you pull it apart again and then quick spark driver goes dead it will not do a direct excuse me direct round situation so, which is part of the driver's UL listing feature but the powers that be did not care they wanted to see a UL listed as a complete unit for my products. The cost for this, near as I could tell, I, I never really fully researched it, was about $9,000 per product line. Now mind you, I already had 
$2,000 in light output testing and another $1,000 into lifelong testing. So I've already got $3,000 per product line. I had at least five product lines. So that's 15 grand invested right off the get. Now they want to add another $45,000 in testing to me for my products. And I just, I could not do it. I was a single guy working out of a little pole barn trying to produce these things. And to be honest with you, occasionally I would hire friends to come in and help me. But for the most part, I not only sold these things, but I bench built them by hand as well. Now, I'm proud to say that there are still some locations that I can drive by and still see my lights working today, six years later. Now, that's not to say that I did not have my problems, and that's neither here nor there. But the problem is, because of government regulations, it kept a little guy from like me who built something from scratch after he lost his job in a market where I had 17 years in plastics experience, but there wasn't anybody hiring for plastics in 2010, so I had to reinvent myself. And I missed the hell out of doing that work. It was, a, I loved it. The creativity, the building. I also built a product that was um, a dual, dual spectrum light for growing. It had blue and red LEDs in the same LED tube. The tube that China told me they couldn't make, so I had to show them how to make it. I had another tube that I specifically designed to go over raw meat in your grocery store in the um, butcher area. I still, to this day, speak with one of my clients that I gave that bulb to, and they tell me it's still the best bulb on the market for that particular application. But I, I never sold them. I think I did like three grocery stores, maybe four grocery stores with that bulb. I just didn't have the resources to get it marketed and really make it happen for me. And that was fine. I don't, whatever, that's on me. But to have the government come in and say that I can't compete, it, they didn't say I couldn't sell my product. I was no longer eligible for these rebates. So let me tell you a little bit about how that rebate program worked. Initially, it was by energy saved. They gave you eight cents per kilowatt hour saved. Well, I was saving my co my customers the equivalent to where they would be getting two $250 checks from the energy company per light. And I was selling these things for $450. So they're getting more up to or more than half of the light paid for by the energy company. Now, I was not making $200, $250 a light. I was getting about $100 to $150. So when they took away that benefit from me, I could no longer compete because even if I sold them at cost after the rebate, I'm more expensive than my competitors who had the bigger pockets and GE in Sylvania they stayed out of the LED market for two reasons one they invested everything they had into the uh, into the CFL market the fluorescent market 
which still had mercury, which is still a big problem. And we all know how horrible those CFL bulbs are. Sometimes you got to turn them on five minutes before you really need them. But the other reason they stayed out was they wanted little guys like me to go through the growing pains, the headaches, the trials, the tribulations. And I went through a lot of them. I think I went through like three or four different designs before I finally settled on the RT-125. In fact, my product line before that was called the RT-100, and it was a single 100-watt chip. Well, then when I went to the RT-125, I went to four 25-watt, or no, they were four 30-watt chips, which spreads the heat out more, which gave, that's where I ended up getting my 150,000-hour life, because my RT-100 only had an 80,000-hour life, but because I was able to spread that heat out more on that copper heat sink, the life expanded dramatically. GE in Sylvania let us go through those processes. Let us figure out the hard ways. And then stole our technologies. Now, how can I say they stole our technology? Well, it's simple. We all know there is no um, loyalty in China. When I called China to make my special meat product bulbs, I said, I need a, an LED light that has this many red LEDs in it and this many white LEDs in it. And they emailed me back and they said, we can't do it. I said, why not? They said, red LEDs take a different voltage than white LEDs. I'm like, okay, so put two drivers in it. Oh, that'd be too expensive. It's, let me worry about how expensive it is. This is a specialized product. I can sell it for more than what you can sell a regular four-foot tube for. And it cost me like, I don't know, a buck and a half more or something. It was something ridiculous. And I'm certain that they took my idea and they expanded on that and started doing it in other applications. And the more they did that, the more that price dropped because they're buying more drivers, they're getting a better price on it, and, and it just flows that way. That's how things work. So I kind of went on a tangent here, but imagine a world where I didn't have to fight all that. I would still have my LED lighting business. Who knows? I, you might have been able to buy my products in a store somewhere. A Walmart. A Home Depot. A Ferguson Electric. But regulations are killing our country. Along with piss poor trade deals. Now at the end of the day, when we have pretty much revamped our whole government, what do you think other countries are gonna do? People are gonna demand. With the internet, you really think that say Iran can keep that information from their people? They'll try, but it's not like the days of old. We are all connected now via the internet. And unless they cut off the internet completely in Iran, which 
which I don't know that they could even do that. I mean, people have cell phones in Iran. This is going to spread worldwide. And imagine every country in the world ridding themselves of tyrannical governments, ridding themselves of bureaucracy and regulations that are designed to keep an average person from being himself and doing his thing. Imagine it. Imagine some poor Ethiopian kid who spent his whole life starving and his stomach bloated for lack of nutrition somehow is enlightened to an idea that revolutionized his country and he no longer is held down by regulations and governments and tyranny and is able to change his world as he knows it because he knows it best. Imagine that. Imagine the world being beyond what you can even imagine. People solving problems that we've been fighting for eons because we're no longer held back by restrictions. Is there going to be some pain in the process? Sure. Is there going to be some failure? Sure. But if we're allowed to succeed by our own failures, the world is a much better place. Now, I didn't even get to anything I really wanted to talk about, but I, I kind of got off on a tangent on the LED thing, and I apologize for that. It's something I'm very passionate about. But things are changing. It's for the good. And I'm going to do another podcast later on my way home. I'm on my way up to the UP. And in the podcast I do later, I'll talk about some things that Trump had said recently and some other developments that have my optimism up. Um, So until then, let's pray. Lord, give me the wisdom to understand the things I do not understand the strength to face the things that I fear. Help bring peace, prosperity, and freedom to the entire world. I understand that a lifetime here on earth is no more than a fraction of a second on your clock. And I ask that you give me patience And hope for the future that you have planned for this earth. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. Have a good day.